1: This is a true Canadian love story.
0: We were meant to be together.
1: I can't imagine my life without you. Honestly, he's a light of my life. It's nice to be in that tractor beam of love. I'm her biggest fan. I think I knew I'd lost my heart again. I knew I wanted a marriage like that. Difficult roads can lead to very beautiful destinations. Well, love is the most important thing. Kids always come to me and say, Why can't we live in Africville? And then we have to discuss um, the painful part of why we don't live in, in Africville anymore. But it's such a sense of community that even without the physical buildings, we still feel that we want to be together in this place.
0: Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Today's love story belongs to Amanda Carvery Taylor and a chapter of history that she set out to celebrate and commemorate. A Love Letter to Africville is a collection of captivating photographs and stories from the former residents of this former community. It's a story that is often told through the lens of trauma and loss, but Amanda's focus is on the love. This is the Canadian Love Map.
1: Dear Africville, I wish there was a way to visualize our connection. I wish people could see what I feel so deeply within. If they could see it, they would understand just how much you've shaped who I am today. I am forever grateful for you. I realize now that I didn't fully understand what I was doing when I first took this project on. I know how much I love and respect my community. I know photography is what I'm able to give back to my community. I set out to see my elders and make sure they felt seen and heard. That was my goal. I knew I would learn new things about you and that doing this would bring me joy. I hoped it would bring the same joy to others. The more joy I found, the more I wanted to share it. My mission became sharing the love that you created. Beautiful, welcome to the Canadian Love Map, Amanda. Thank you for having me here. I
0: love the idea of your book and the book itself. Um, but
1: I'd love to know how the seed got planted for you. When did it start? So it started a few years ago. Um, I went to the 35th reunion, uh, just brought my camera down. I do photography. I don't claim to be the best photographer in the world, but I said, you know, I can just document people, get some photos. Um, if, you're, if you would like your photo taken, come see me. And I started getting pulled in every direction. Uh, It was was so overwhelming that I couldn't even get people's names. I just said, I I will give these uh, to the Africville Museum and you can get you can see them there. Um, But it was it was so busy, but it was also like it made me so happy. And I got home and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Clark McIntosh at uh, Ennisburg, offered to put them into a photo book for the museum. So we donated those to the museum And uh, we just, the more I looked at them, I said, you know, I just wish I had gotten everybody's names. I wish I had gotten stories like there's just so much more we could have done. And then that just turned into, let's try and do it. Wow. You know, the image I see
0: is as if you had found a little bit of gold in a mine, but then you realize there's all that gold there that needs to be taken out and, and, you know, reveled in really. It sounds like people were anxious to tell
1: their stories? Um, It was very exciting for some people. Uh, It's a side of Africville that they haven't been able to share publicly like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea of it really excited people. Uh, Then we did like dealing with COVID. um, We missed our reunions the Mm -hmm. past two years. And that's been very, very difficult for our community uh, because that's the time of year you get to see everyone. So, my book came out not long before the reunion, and uh, being able to hand those out, and um, my elders sitting there going through them and seeing, you know, oh, this is so and so. And it just made them feel so much better missing that reunion. So, and there's something about having your story told and valued that
0: is so powerful. Let's go back and I would like you to tell the story of Africville for people who aren't familiar with it across the country.
1: Um, So Africville started a very long time ago um, by William Brown, and he kind of broke up land um, as he passed it down to his sons. And then more people came around and said, you know, I'll come live beside you and started building around him. Um, And the community was formed. And it was a refuge for anybody racialized coming to Halifax. Um, no matter what your race was, you would stay in, in Africville if you were a racialized person. Uh, and it just became this loving community. The church was their heart, like the center. You know, I always think of the church as the heart of the mm-hmm. community. Um and it eventually was raised in the 60s and uh, very tragically moved out in dump trucks. It was very horrible things, um, very painful for the community, very, very painful. And they've never kind of recovered from that. So
0: so the people were displaced. Yes, very displaced. Right. And they, they went from living in this community on the edge of the Bedford Basin mm-hmm. in Halifax, a beautiful piece of real estate, really, yeah. when you think about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, and where would they go? Um, a lot of them went to like North End communities, um, buying up spaces. A lot of them tried to stay close to Africville. Um, one of the people in my book still lives in her original house, not far from Africville. And her daughter was telling me how, you know, when they left, she would still walk back to Africville, and could, that was where she wanted mm-hmm. to be. So she was close enough; she could just walk there. Um, but it's it was uh, very difficult for them to be spread out. A lot of people moved to other black communities around Nova Scotia, too. And there seems to be a great deal of people who left and went to other provinces at that time. Yeah. So
0: what was it about the sense of community connection that made it such a vibrant place to be and such a hard place to have
1: destroyed? Um, Africville was when I asked each elder uh, to describe uh, what they wanted to say about Africville and just, just give me what's your overall, what was Africville to you? Every single one of them gave me the same word, uh, and that was safe. They felt safe there. Um, you could, as a, as a child, you could be running around outside and... You know, there was always somebody, an adult, around, so it didn't matter uh, if you fell and hurt yourself. An adult would come and get you. It didn't matter if it was your parents. You just knew you were okay. Um, if you didn't have food, there was the ocean. If you didn't have uh, security, there was people around you. If you had a disability and needed help, someone in the community would do that for you. So they just really took care of each other and they had everything they needed. So people could go to work and trust that their kids were home and safe because, you know, if anything happens, you go next door and see Mrs. So and so. And, you know, it's just very, very safe and very, very united. It's like the embodiment of that expression, it takes a village. It definitely is that, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. So when you had the idea to do the book, what sort of reception were you met with?
1: Um, I did get a good few people who didn't know me from the community. Um, and why is that? Um, my dad is kind of antisocial. He's, so he's he was around a lot when he was younger, but then after he settled down with a wife and kids... He kind of just stays home and likes to be very close with our immediate family. And did he ever live in Africville? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah, he's in
0: there. He <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. But of course, you didn't. No, I didn't. I'm too just good. to make sure that everyone understands yes. that. you yes. They can't tell how old you are by <laughs> listening to your voice, but although your voice is as young as you are. <laughs> uh, um, so there was some skepticism
1: at first you were met with? There's, I mean, there's a lot of difficulty when anybody comes into our community looking for something for a project. We don't know what's going to happen with that information. And so many times people have participated in things and then never saw what happened with that. You know, they video something and then they'll never see the documentary. They'll never. Mm. And somebody else is out there living their life, making money off of it. And so our community has become very guarded in those ways. Um, so when I first came out, like I, I'd make posts on social media and people would be like, who is this? Why are you doing this? What is your connection to Africville? What do you want? Right. And, you know, I told them I'm, I'm totally just making a book and I don't even make any money off of it. It's just uh, for community. And um, a lot participated after that. but. Some people didn't, and I, I did get lots of messages after the book came out, when people could see the result of it, and they said, "Oh, I would, I would do that now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know you're not going to do anything bad with it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry it's gone to print. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's out in the world. Late, late. But I'm always here to document everybody. So
0: you probably had the experience that uh, certain people who agreed to talk to you probably caused waves and helped
1: other people trust that you were doing it for the right reasons yeah definitely um so bernice Arsenault is in the book and her story is very very short she's she's a very blunt woman um very busy uh it was hard to get her to sit down at all to take a picture um but she was like that's all i want to say that's it and i said okay but then she went to everybody else and was like, here, did you do this? You should do this. Here, go give her your phone number here. And, you know, she was she just that's how she is with everything in the community. She always gets everything going and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I was very, very thankful for her.
0: So she ended up being your advocate. In yes, a way.
1: definitely. And what
0: was the experience like for you going into people's homes and hearing their
1: stories? Um It was incredible. It really was. It's something I love to do. I love uh, visiting elders. I love, you know, just sitting and hearing stories. Um, I love getting to know my community and my family better. So there's there's people who are related to me that I didn't know very well in there. Um, So it was it was like a dream come true. I said, if if this is all that happens, if I just got to do the interviews and photos, if nothing ever happened, we didn't. We something somehow didn't go through with the book. Um, I still would have been happy with the experience because it was so valuable.
0: Well, you learned so much yeah. about your
1: own family
0: history as well. Yes, I'm sure, definitely. I know you have children. What do they think about the project?
1: Um, it's funny because I I see so many kids in Africville and. We kind of all say the same thing when we're kids. Um, We go to the reunions. We hang out with all of our family. We've got a bunch of cousins running around. um, And then kids always come to me and say, why can't we live in Africville? And then we have to discuss um, the painful part of why we don't live in Africville anymore. Uh, But it's such a sense of community that even without the physical buildings, we still feel that we want to be together in this place.
0: Beautiful. What did your dad think about you doing this
1: project? My dad is still very overwhelmed by it. Um, He is very, very emotional about Africville, and he doesn't talk about it very often because it's so emotional, um, and then he's very emotional about his children. So uh, when he looks at it, this is sitting on a table at his, at my parents' house, um, just all all on display. And he still to this day has not read it because he just cries as soon as as soon as he sees a few pictures. He's like, "I'm done," you know. Wow, that speaks to the trauma, yeah,
0: that so many people experienced when it was dismantled,
1: definitely,
0: and. I would think part of that trauma is intensified in a way by the popularized views of, of the negative side of Africville. Right. Can
1: you talk about that? So I even like as a kid, I, you know, went to school excited because we, we were told we were going to learn about Africville. And I was like, oh, I'm the expert here, guys. <laughs> like, don't you worry. <laughs> um, so I went to school the next day, so excited for it. And they were like a dump, a prison, a hospital, and that was it. And then we were like, that's nothing that I know of Africville. Mm. Um, My experiences were so, so different. So I just um, really wanted people to to see a different side of it, um, to see that our community is full of love and full of happiness, and we still celebrate being together. It doesn't matter that physically Africville um, has been dispersed we are still Africville and we still stay together so
0: yeah that's beautiful the spirit of Africville lives on Definitely. for sure oh
1: yes alive and well
0: <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store they are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story, too. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. What are some
1: of your favorite stories that you heard? Um, so one of my favorites is uh, Miss be- Mrs. Beatrice Wilkins uh, told me a story about how she Watched as a child, watched her mother deliver her own baby, Um, a combination of bad weather. And the person, I think it was her grandmother, was supposed to deliver the baby, but couldn't get there. And this, this woman just gave birth herself. Delivered her own baby while well, she had children in the home as well. Oh, my gosh. And uh, at that time, you know, no no official vehicles would come down to Africville. So uh, she then got dressed and walked across the train tracks to um, a location where there was a police car that would take her to the hospital. So... I have to stop you. That is absolutely chilling. So you're telling me the police car wouldn't
0: come across the tracks into Africville. Absolutely. And an ambulance wouldn't? No. (gasps) Okay. I just need to absorb that for a second. Yeah. That's
1: the the reality. Wow. She she had to walk it herself. And and she did, you know.
0: Hmm. Um, Now, that story probably has a particular resonance
1: for you, given what you do in the world. So I'm also a doula. Um, I wear a lot of hats, but <laughs> uh, I, it does. It, it uh, really touched me because I think about the traditions that we have of being doulas without a title. It's, it's like our community didn't need that. We didn't look at it at all. Um, but we do love to support each other in birth, um, and it's something we've continued. There's actually a lot of midwives in Africville, Uh, from back then. And I think Mr. Coleman Howe is doing research on that now. Hmm. So I'm interested in seeing how that goes. Well, in a way, this book is a
0: way for you to you have you have doula. I don't know if you can (laughs) use it like that doula as a verb, but you have been a doula for these stories to bring them to light and to birth maybe a new perspective on Africville.
1: I really hope so. Um, I hope that when people read it, they see, you know, this is this is a community full of love. Um, and I wanted people to be able to see, you know, what they lost in Africville wasn't bricks and, and uh, wood, you know, wasn't buildings. It was the being together. It was being safe and secure. It was having a location that provided for them and uh, just having everybody around that uh, everything that you needed was there. So
0: when you do a book, You create that container. What is it going to be? You get to decide and you made it a celebration.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I like to make everything a celebration.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So tell me about the response you've had from people to the book.
1: The response was incredible. It's been so overwhelming um, to, to see people reading it, to see people posting about it, um, seeing people from around the world, you know, messaging me saying, I got this book and I just wanted you to know my great, great so-and-so is from there or something. And, you know, there's a, these connections all around the world that we don't even realize. And one of the biggest things I didn't realize is how many people can't come home and um, You know, we try to have our our reunion every year and that's kind of our like homecoming. Uh, People come, people from away will travel back to Halifax for that event and they're around, you know, the entire week kind of thing and we get to go visit each other and it's a wonderful family experience for everybody. Um, But, you know, due to COVID, uh, we couldn't do that. And, you know, there are some people that just aren't able to physically come to, to Nova Scotia on this specific weekend. Um, so I got a lot of messages about like, people being grateful for a, a chance to see community when they can't come home. Um, a lot of people saying, uh, you know, I just wanted you to know so-and-so in the book is a re- relative of mine, and I haven't seen them because they don't do social media. Um, so I haven't really seen pictures of them in a while. So it was just so great to have a picture and be able to t- t- kind of touch base without traveling home. Wow. Tell me about the baptism photo. So the baptism photo is so incredibly special to me. Um, My aunt and uncle and uh, cousin are in those photos. um, And my aunt is also in the book, uh, Bernice Flint. She's on the cover and and in the book. This is her photo.
0: So describe that for our listeners.
1: So it's a photo of a baptism in the Halifax Harbor. Um, So we would... They they would, not me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so what would happen would be from the church, they would wind down the roads in their their white gowns and um, get ready for their baptism. And everybody would be singing and cheering them on. And it was like this whole community celebration where everybody was just so happy for these people getting baptized. Uh, and they would just be singing as they walked down to the water and they'd get down there um People from outside the community, there were lots of white people who would come and, and stand up on the shores, and you can see those in the photo, uh, that they would come and watch. They, they just wanted to witness and, and uh, see the celebrations, because the celebrations were amazing.
0: No wonder. <laughs> I mean, it sounds magnetic. It is. When you when you talk about it, I wish I could just go back and, I know. and be able to witness it. Yeah, I always say that, too. Like,
1: I would just love to do a baptism in, with Africville, like... Yeah, it would be just incredible.
0: So for people who do travel to Halifax from across the country, they can see your book, but they can also find out a lot more about Africa Built. Because although it doesn't exist, there's a museum that is really um, carrying forward stories and images.
1: Definitely. Uh, I love the museum down there. Yeah. Um, my child actually works there, so I'm a little bit biased. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You can go down and see Mark. Um, he's given tours around uh, the museum and stuff. He's got lots of information, and he just loves, like, passing it on. Um, loves the fact that people come in and say, you look just like your grandfather. And, you know, people always identify. Like, they, they can tell who your family members are. So,
0: I'm guessing he's handsome, uh, although... Yeah, I that, mean, that's... I'm
1: definitely biased, but
0: definitely <laughs> he's a cutie.
1: Oh, that's great. Okay,
0: so the one last thing I want to talk about is this idea that the book is a finite presence now in the world. You've you've put out this celebratory look at Africville, but I gather that your work is not done. So <laughs> you're you've started a ball rolling, and you're willing to keep it
1: going. Um, I've actually started a lot of balls rolling. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell yeah, me. So uh, I, this has led to a bunch of other projects that um, some are still in the works. So I don't want to say too much, but... Uh, Throw me a bone. What can you tell me? Uh, I can tell you... Um, we did work on an animated film that it didn't receive funding at the end um, for the National Film Board, and that was just super exciting to get to work with these artists and see these photos. They, they drew photos of my book, which was just incredible. Um, just very gorgeous. Very cool. Yeah. And what I would like to do, what I'm trying to do in the future here is build a program for youth that we can go into a community. Uh, we want to do all the black communities, but go in – and teach the kids there some photography skills, teach them some documenting skills. Uh, I can sit with them while they interview their elders, and I want them to do the work for their own book for the community, Uh, because this book, the royalties for my book, go back to the scholarship fund for Africville, Um, and so they can choose their own place in their community that they would like to donate to, and then they'll have a a record and a, a piece of work done by them uh, for their community, so...
0: Wow. And you're really encouraging storytellers. So it's like creating a web of storytellers.
1: I'm hoping to.
0: (laughs) And the other thing that I love is that you have told people you are still open, although the book is done, you're open to restoring
1: photos and and taking photos. So for community members, I will always, always, always document elders. Always uh, I'll sit and take stories if they like, and I'll always do photo restorations for them for free anytime Uh, I just want our community to be documented I want people to have those photos for their own family if not for everybody else in the community
0: wow that's a beautiful gift to to the community who feel part of Africville but also to our whole province
1: yeah I think
0: thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me
1: I love the book thank you so much
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. And if you want to help us spread the love even more, rate and review our podcast. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. This has been a Podstarter production.